1: If you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio.
0: Well, here we are again. Happy Monday to you. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. Welcome to the inner life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. So, did you go to Mass this morning? Or maybe you're going to go later today, or maybe you won't have the opportunity to go to Mass. But regardless, at Mass, there's a little longer reading for that first reading from the Bible today. It's from the book of Job, it's in the Old Testament. The first chapter. From Job, verses 6 through 22, and as we begin the hour today, I'd like to read it to you. Uh, This is the version I'm reading, is the New American Bible, and I am looking here at the website for the U.S. bishops, usccb.org, and you can find all the daily readings there. Here's what it says. One day, when the angels of God came to present themselves before the Lord, Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, Whence do you come? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from roaming the earth and patrolling it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you noticed my servant Job, that there is no one like him on earth, blameless and upright, fearing God and avoiding evil? But Satan answered the Lord and said, is it for nothing that Job is God fearing? Have you not surrounded him and his family and all that he has with your protection?" You have blessed the work of his hands, and his livestock are spread over the land. But now put forth your hand and touch anything that he has, and surely he will blaspheme you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power, only do not lay a hand upon his person. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord, and so one day... While his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in the house of their eldest brother, a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the asses grazing beside them, and the Sabians carried them off in a raid. They put the herdsmen to the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, another came and said, Lightning has fallen from heaven and struck the sheep and their shepherds and consumed them and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, another messenger came and said, The Chaldeans formed three columns, seized the camels, carried them off, and put those tending them to the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, another came and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the house of their eldest brother, when suddenly a great wind came across the desert and smote the four corners of the house. It fell upon the young people, and they are dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job began to tear his cloak and cut his hair. He cast himself prostrate upon the ground and said, Naked I came forth from my mother's womb, and naked shall I go back again. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away blessed be the name of the lord in all this job did not sin nor did he say anything disrespectful of god again that's that first reading that we hear at mass today and what an absolute just devastating series of events for job within the span of only a few minutes he has all these different messengers that come to tell him that all of his wealth it's all gone all of his children are dead I can't even imagine. And yet, immediately, Job recognizes that everything that he has, it comes from God. And he still says those words then, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Do you think you could do that upon receiving news like Job did? I don't know. I don't know if I could. That that would be, (laughs) be such a difficult situation. Hopefully, I never, hopefully you never face anything quite so horrible as Job did. But even if it's not to the same degree as Job, we all face suffering in our lives, one way or another. And God allows that suffering for a reason, even if we don't understand the reason at the time. And that's what we want to talk about today on The Inner Life, how we can try and make sense of the suffering that we face in our lives, but even more importantly, how we can try and have that same sort of response, that same attitude as Job, when he, God does allow us to face that suffering that we can still say blessed be the name of the Lord. And our spiritual director today here on the inner life helping us look at this issue this topic of suffering and how we can prepare ourselves when we do face suffering. Father Eric Nielsen is back with us once again. Father Eric is a priest in the diocese of Madison. He's the pastor of the St. Paul University Catholic Center on the campus of the University of Wisconsin in Madison. Father Eric, welcome back to The Inner Life. Glad to be able to talk with you here.
2: Hello, Josh. Yeah, it's very happy to be with you today. Yeah. looking forward to the hour.
0: Well, a tough topic, but uh, again, something that all of us face. And not only today, uh, you know, it seems to be a theme that we're kind of hearing in the readings at Mass yesterday as well as today. Yesterday, we saw Lazarus who's starving, he's covered in sores, lying outside of the home of the rich man. And of course, there's other things that happen in that story. We can take other applications, but we've got that suffering individual there. Today we have the beginning of Job's story from the Old Testament that I just read. In either of these stories, is there anything that I guess initially stands out to you, anything we should maybe kind of stop and consider as we begin to look at the suffering that God allows in our lives?
2: Well, you know, there's a, there's a lot to consider in both sets of those readings. You know, this this reading from Job has some of the, I think, m- more memorable lines in Scripture, you know, when um, Job is, you know, declaring his innocence. Because obviously that and it's kind of comes to the fore, too, in our um, kind of prosperity gospel country, you know, if, that if you're poor, there's obviously some moral mistake that you made. You know, if you're if you're lying in the gutter, you're you're obviously there's something evil that you've done. And that's what um, um, everybody says of Job. You know, his wife just looks at him one day and says, do you still claim you're innocent? Curse God and die. You know, it's kind of, um, you know, which is the response a lot of times that people have when evil enters their life, you know, because that's the big question. If God is so good and loving, you know, why is there evil? You know, wires are evil in this world. And we all have to face that. And and we have one of two ways of facing it. You know, we can either, as Job's wife said, curse God and die, you know, which is what people do, you know, they just get angry at God, they turn away from him and, and, and they die. in as much as they cut themselves off from God and forfeit eternal life, you know, just in their misery and their sorrow, or we can be like Job, you know, who you know, maintains, I'm innocent, you know, the, the God, you know, God has given and God has taken away, you know, blessed be the name of the Lord. So now when we, as the first reading that you talked about, which you heard about last Sunday or that you mentioned, you know, with Lazarus, you know, one of the takeaways from Lazarus is that we find ourselves in that position, you know, with lying and a heap of ashes with boils all over our body or in Lazarus cases you know just lying in the, in the gutter with sores you know at the end Lazarus ends up in the boom in the bosom of Abraham and so what gives us um, great faith and hope in the midst of our trials and tribulations is that God has prepared for us a good thing in heaven for the things we've been deprived of here in this earth which should give us all pause because Yeah, I mean, we all face our certain difficulties, but most of us live in today's world um, the way the prophet Amos spoke of the people of Israel um, in the first reading that we had last Sunday. Where he says to them, you know, woe to you who are on your, you know, your, um, your couches, you know, drinking wine from bowls. And, um, you know, just really just enjoying yourself, um, because, you know, and in the meantime, you're neglecting those who are really poor and innocent and who are suffering. Yeah. And so you're, you're going to have to, um, you know, you're going to have to pay for that. Yeah. So (laughs) I think we have a lot to think about in in these two readings that you brought up today.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, as you're saying that one of the things that the priest at our parish said during his homily was the word that's used for the rich man that we heard for this the gospel reading yesterday for Sunday, um, that he feasted sumptuously every day, or however it was translated there. It's the same word that's used when the prodigal son returns home and when the father says, kill the fatted calf, bring the robe, the ring, you know, all of this. But the fact that that rich man in Lazarus's story That he's doing this not once a year, once a month. He is having this amazing feast essentially every day. And are we living like that? Are we are we indulging those pleasures? Are we feasting in some way? So yeah, it, it really is a call to us personally. But the the two questions that you raised here that I think are good to dive into and examine maybe a little more in depth. One is the, why does God allow me to suffer? And then there's the other question that you raised, which is, Job's innocent. If I haven't done any anything wrong, why am I suffering? But I think it's easy to start questioning. Maybe we can take them kind of in that order. Maybe we can just talk in general, why does God allow suffering? Because um, I, I I think that— with certain things if it's if it's some natural disaster if it's you know an illness there's some sort of suffering that seems maybe a little more just kind of random if it's not something done personally against us that might be a little easier to accept you know those kinds of circumstances but if we have suffering because we are the victim of violence or evil that somebody does against us or maybe that's done to somebody that we love and we see someone we care about their suffering, then I think it becomes a bit harder to accept that suffering. And I think that's where it becomes more that question of, you know, why? Why, God? Why would you allow evil and suffering in the world, especially if you love us, if you are good and just? Why do you allow these evil actions to be done to harm us, to cause this pain or this suffering?
2: Yeah, I mean, in in a, in a sense, um, Josh, the, the answer to that is unanswerable because at the very, very bottom of it is the mystery of free will and the mystery of evil. And so when we look at the mystery of free will, you know, we are placed on this earth to decide whether or not we want to love God as, as God or whether we prefer ourselves to God. And if we prefer ourselves to God, we'll spend all of eternity in heaven, basically just with ourselves, which will be rather miserable. And so we're we're here to learn how to love God as God and to love him as God. And because of original sin, which we've all inherited, you know, we're all prone to evil, either the evil that we create for ourselves or the evil that's racked on us because of others. Or even, you know, there's this understanding that the evil in the world that comes about through earthquakes and natural disasters is, in a certain sense, the result of the collective evil that the world has. And, and, and this evil that we experience is doing two things for us. We, even though we might not know exactly why it's here um, at its very core or how it came about through free will, we do know some salutary effects of evil. And that is number one. Primarily, it purges us if we allow it to of our own sinfulness, and uh, allows us then to overcome ourselves and let go of ourselves and really learn how to reach out to God and be purged of the evil effects of sin in our own life. So that's that. That's the you know the most gratuitous effect of suffering. And then the second gratuitous effect of suffering is that it increases again if we allow it if if we deal with it patiently like Job and embrace it like the saints, it stretches out our heart and increases, in a sense, our love and our ability to enjoy God, our ability to identify ourselves closer to the suffering of Christ, and allows God to pour more of his grace into our hearts so that we'll have a greater ability to love for all of eternity in heaven. So in a sense, those two things are actually quite related, but you can talk about, on one hand, um, overcoming our sinfulness, and number two, increasing our ability to love. And, and that's why God allows suffering. He doesn't, our loving Father does not enjoy seeing us suffer. He doesn't want us to suffer, but he knows the good effects that come about through the suffering, just like a good father allows his boy to suffer through something in order that he can become a man.
0: Our spiritual director is Father Eric Nielsen. He's a priest in the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin. Talking today about the suffering that we face in our lives, and maybe you're going through that suffering right now. Maybe that's uh, you, you're you're just like Father Eric said. It's hard for you to make any sense of what you're doing, what you're going through, but it's also become a tough moment for you to trust God and you're looking for some advice, some insight, um, some encouragement, and you'd like to speak with Father Eric, you're welcome to call in 888-914-9149. Maybe you've made it through suffering, and you've been able to unite those sufferings to Christ. We'd love to hear how that has helped you draw closer to God, how it has helped you on your spiritual journey that suffering that maybe you didn't understand it at the time, but now you can look back, kind of that hindsight is twenty twenty. How did God work through those moments of suffering in your life? Our phone number here to call in, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. So, Father, you're talking about there are those potential good effects that we can see from the suffering, um, potentially, You know, and we might not even see those here in this life. You know, going back to that story that Jesus tells of Lazarus and the rich man, Lazarus is comforted in eternity, but he suffered up until the end of his life here on earth. So even though there might be the good effects, we might not have an opportunity to really see what that payoff is. Um, But I remember talking with somebody about miracles and how God works miracles in our lives. And this priest, he said, you know, God won't work a miracle unless unless it's to help us in our path to salvation. You know, when when we talk about God allowing suffering, allowing is a lot different. That's a different word than causing suffering. But God allowing suffering— is, would you say it's kind of the same situation? God won't allow any suffering in our lives? Uh, you know, I, I mean, aside from our own foolish choices that we might make that just bring natural consequences that could be suffering, but as far as some of those moments of suffering that we don't bring upon ourselves, God wouldn't allow that if there wasn't some benefit that leads us down that path of salvation?
2: Oh my goodness, Josh. Even if we bring it upon ourselves, God won't allow that. He won't even allow you to to bring suffering on yourself that won't help you. And so um, and that's just, you know, God's mercy is so all-encompassing, and he is so all-powerful that there's nothing that happens to us that does not have the ability to be good for us and increase our holiness. That's why we can just throw ourselves into the arms of a, of a loving Father. I mean, there, there's nothing more joyful and um, beautiful than just really trusting that we have a loving father that will, you know, even if you went out, I mean, if you and I went out together and we plotted the most heinous crimes and we did those and we finally found ourselves on Facebook and, you know, caught and thrown into prison and all that, you know, all, all the consequences of that, that whatever consequences those would be would only be allowed by God if they would help us. And so we, we can have a tremendous faith in that. And the saints knew that. Um, and, and that's why, in a certain sense, they rejoiced in their sufferings. Mm. Because they, they knew that they, it, it was by God's gratuitous grace that they're experiencing them.
0: Looking at the story of Job, um, and I still want to get into the, the idea of are we being punished when we suffer, but maybe we'll talk about that after the break. But before the break, with Job, if you read to the end of the story where Job is starting to question God, you get this massive response from God then, where were you? Where were you when I created the foundations of the world, when I put the stars in the sky, when I set the earth to spinning on its axis, when I created all of these amazing creatures, all the different things... And then I forget the exact words that Job says, but he basically says, you know, I, I am, I'm nothing. I'm, I'm dust, and I'm just going to crawl back here and be quiet. I have spoken where I shouldn't have spoken. Is it okay for us, in those moments where we are enduring suffering, to ask that question, why? Why are you allowing this suffering to happen to me, God? Yeah, I think you can.
2: I mean, if, um, if as long as you're okay not getting an answer. <laughs> Right, (laughs) you know, Uh it was more of a, you know, in in some ways, it it depends on how I guess. At least, just off the top of my head here, as you ask that question, Josh, I think it would depend on how you ask that question. Why are you asking that question? Why is in demanding a response? You know, if that's the case, you know, then you'll hear God, you know, say as He said to Job, you know, "Gird your loins and stand up and act like a man, and now talk to me." You know, (laughs) who are you? (laughs) Who are you to question me? So, you know, if it's an act, if it's a why of defiance, well, you better not, it's better not to do that. If it's the why of pleading as in, you know, why I, I'm just in sorrow and I just need help to overcome this. And it's, if it's a pleading to God, then I think it's just, it, it's, it's a, um, you know, it's just a natural human act of sorrow. Mm, yeah, so I, you know, you know, so I think that's fine.
0: Yeah, as you're saying that, it makes me think of some of the psalms, too. And that might be a good place to turn if you're in that moment of suffering, is to look at some of those psalms where... You know, whether it's David or one of the other psalmists that's talking about the difficulties they're going through. Um, because that that is kind of that overarching theme in some of those tough psalms. You know, God, I feel abandoned. I feel like nothing is working out here. But they eventually turn around and still yeah, acknowledge yeah. God for who he is.
2: Yeah, you know, it's, it's great when you read the, fir- like the first, I think, almost 70 psalms are like, God, why is my—they're it- pretty much like this. My neighbor over here never goes, to, never goes to church and never prays and, and um, cheats and lies. Why does he get a big house and a beautiful wife and uh-huh. a lot of friends? And I do everything right and, and you know, <laughs> laughed at and rejected and live in squalor. So <laughs> that's, that's kind of a common theme in the Psalms. And, uh, yeah. Because we don't, we don't live in the Garden of Eden anymore. You know, we live in a sinful world. And, and the prince of the world is Satan. And he rewards his
0: own. Yeah. Yeah, well, but there is hope, and we're going to talk about that coming up in just a moment. Again, speaking with Father Eric Nielsen here on The Inner Life today and taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149, talking about the suffering that we face in our lives. When have you had to go through that suffering, and how did you rely on God while you were going through it? How did making it through that suffering draw you closer to Christ? Maybe you're going through that suffering right now. You're kind of asking that question, God, why are you allowing this to happen? What's what's the ultimate purpose of this suffering? What's the end goal here? Uh, if you're going through that and you would like to speak with Father Eric, you're welcome to call us at 888-914-9149. Again, that number, 888 9149 our email address, relevantradio.com. And we'll continue our conversation and take your phone calls next. Here on The Inner Life, you're listening to Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio studio line is sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Flexible Premium Life Insurance. For less than $12 a month, a 40-year-old can get a half million dollars of coverage. Go to RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. This is The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond. Today, talking with Father Eric Nielsen. He is the pastor of the St. Paul University Catholic Center on the campus of the University of Wisconsin in Madison and today talking about the suffering that we face in our lives and also taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149. Maybe you're going through suffering right now. You'd like some insight, some advice from Father Eric. Maybe you've gone through that suffering in the past. We'd love to hear, have you share uh, how that suffering going through it, has helped you in your spiritual journey, has helped draw you closer to Christ. And again, the phone number 888-914-9149, 914 uh, 9149 Father, before we go to the phones, let's uh, talk about that second aspect of suffering that you had mentioned. You, we talked uh, last segment about the why. Why does God allow suffering? But then there's that, you mentioned we we live in a country where that prosperity gospel kind of gets mentioned over and over in different uh, places, different churches, different people who might have that message. And that's something we should, of course, be on the guard for. But there's that idea, I think, that is pretty natural. If I'm suffering, God might be punishing me. And that could be the case, but just as likely, it might not be true. And the place I always think of is where we see Jesus, he addresses this when he heals a blind man. Jesus' disciples, they ask if this blind man, who was born blind, was he born blind because he sinned or because his parents sinned? They don't even consider that there could be another option. You know, there's just this false dichotomy for them. It's it's one or the other. And then Jesus says that the man wasn't born blind as a punishment for sin, but to allow others to see God working through him, so rather than seeing our suffering as a punishment, how do we how do we look at suffering with an understanding that God really might be allowing it to eventually accomplish something better
2: yeah I think um you know that's a great question Josh and um you know that 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 line neither you know it's a great line from our Lord jesus neither it's so that I can show um heavenly father's mercy and i think when we look at whether something's a punishment or not um i i think maybe the question is the one way to look at it would be to say well it's whether it's a punishment or not because god does punish us for our sins you know that's and he wishes to punish us in this life rather than the next but even in punishment we want to see it as god's mercy that the punishment is there in order for us to achieve the glory in heaven that we wouldn't achieve otherwise. It's not, you know, God doesn't punish just for the sheer, you know, tit for tat type of, you know, restore justice type of thing. Um, it, all punishment that we receive from God is for our benefit. And if we can see that, then if we are being punished for our sins, it doesn't weigh on us so much. And we can accept it more joyfully and, um, you know, with more, with more grace. Um, to e- even, too, and, and the saints have always talked about this, you know, even if I'm just perfectly innocent and something bad happens to me, you know, it, it, it could be that this is happening to me in order for me to, if you will, do atonement, For sins that I committed a long time ago, you know, and so this is when we move into the whole idea of what purgatory is for and, you know, atoning for our sins, even though they've been forgiven, you know, so when we go to confession or when we're baptized or if we make a perfect act of contrition, you know, all our sins are forgiven. We're going to, you know, we're going to go to heaven, but, you know, there's that still understanding that we, we we have to wear the effects of those sins off from our souls and we have to learn how to love. And the, we only learn how, in this life, we only learn how to love through suffering. It's only through suffering that we, we grow in love. about well, suffering, our, our love is a
0: sentimentality. You, you know, as you're saying that, too, I'm thinking of, there's lots of parents and grandparents who pray for their children or their grandchildren who have maybe strayed from the faith to come back to the faith. And if you're going through some sort of suffering, That also might be God allowing you to unite your sufferings to Christ for that child or that grandchild or whoever it is you might be praying for, and maybe we can talk about that. You know that that really falls into that realm of redemptive suffering. Um, I want to get to the phones here in a minute, but maybe in in just a little bit we can talk about what redemptive suffering really means, Father. And again. Father Eric Nielsen is our spiritual director here on the program today, and our phone number eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. As we talk about suffering, and Father, let's go to Anne Marie. She's listening in Long Island, New York. Hi, Anne Marie. You're on the air with Father Eric.
1: Father. Uh, hello.
0: Yeah, go right ahead. You're on the air. Oh,
1: okay. Um, I just wanted to share that the the worst things that I thought that could happen were always worried about getting cancer and my mother and father dying. And in the span of like 24 months, my father died. Even though he was elderly, it was somewhat unexpected. He fell out of the hospital bed and had a subdural hematoma. Mm -hmm. Both my parents were in the hospital at that time at the same time. Um, Then 11 months after that, I was diagnosed with cancer and eight months after that, my mom died. So I wow. just wanted to tell people that even though it's the worst things that you think, and it's certainly not the worst things that could ever happen to someone, um, what I went through, but God is always there, and you can trust Him. I always had a problem trusting, even trusting God, and I learned through that that no matter what, even if it's the worst things, you can trust God, and He will be there for you, and He'll provide Hmm. So that's just what I wanted to know.
2: So so God held you through that.
1: The way. Hello. And I never would have thought I could have done it. If somebody had told me beforehand that this was what was going to happen, I'd be saying, no way. Just put me in a straitjacket, you know, and then I'll never Mm -hmm. get through it. And God brought me through it with so many graces and blessings throughout it all. And I'm so grateful. Hmm.
2: Well, very good. Thank you, Anne-Marie, for that. That gives us, you know, all a little bit of encouragement that our Lord will always be with us despite whatever difficulties, um, you know, we have in life.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it makes me think, Father, that um, those moments that we don't think we can do, and, and I think we experience this in a variety of ways in life, you know, at all kinds of different levels. You know, it could be something that's just you know, uh, on the job, it could be something athletic, but uh, again, spiritually, we see this too, where, boy, that seemed like something that was impossible. I never could have made it through that. But I I love how Anne-Marie said it really helped her to grow in trust, that she could look to God and trust him because of the way that he helped her through, even though there there was the difficulty of those trials that she went through. The trust was the benefit there in in the end. Hmm. Well, let's talk about redemptive suffering here, because that was something else that we were starting to get into. Uh, We take this concept of offering our sufferings. It's from St. Paul's letter to the Colossians, and it's chapter 1, verse 24 of Colossians. He says, "'Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ on behalf of his body, which is the Church.'" This is, I think, one of the most confusing passages that we see here. You know, the the big line that I think always gets questioned is, how could Paul or anyone fill up anything that's lacking in the afflictions of Christ? Um, you know, he, he made this perfect sacrifice on the cross. So how do we understand what St. Paul is talking about here?
2: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that God— re- asks of us our cooperation with his redemptive work. And so this is a great gift to us because, you know, we we all feel better about something that we cooperated in in doing, you know, and so it's not like we just sit down and God makes the meal for us. You know, he he invites us to be his brother and, um, and, and to work alongside him in the redemption of the world. And just as part of the redemption of the world was his suffering, so does he ask us to participate in that. And by doing so, we bring. We're, we're, God sees that, and we're allowed to bring more grace into people's lives. It's the same as preaching the gospel. If we didn't have to cooperate with Christ or jump to work, we could just sit down, and Jesus could just speak to everybody directly. But that's not the way He does it. He asks us to go out and preach the gospel and teach people. And and we have so many other people that have brought us closer to Christ and brought about our redemption. And it's the same with our suffering. You know, John Paul II. It, it, he said that whenever he was making a major step in, you know, in his life, people close to him suffered for him. You know, got sick and died. Um, it happened when he became cardinal. It happened when he became pope. A really good friend of his suddenly came down with a stroke, and um, and they all offered it up for for his ability to minister, and and so we we, we do that. For ourselves, for you know when we ever undertake something that's really important, I was just talking to another man who you know he's undertaking a big um ministry, and all these difficulties started happening in his life and I told him I said yes it's and he said well satan's after me and said, yeah you're right, satan's after you, but at the same time God's allowing that to happen because your patience in undergoing the suffering is if you will, the foundation of this great work that you're about to undertake and Saint Jose Maria said that before we undertake any great work we should first give it over to prayer and to offer penance and sacrifices for the, for that work. And so we see that in all over the place, you know, the foundation of the cures at Lourdes is not simply the grace of God, but the tremendous amount of suffering that Saint Bernadette went underwent, you know, in her final years of her life in the convent in Nevers. And and they said, well, you should go to Lourdes. And she said, those waters are not for me. Those waters are for other people. And she suffered tremendously. Um, She said she could not believe how much um, she had suffered later in her life. She wouldn't wouldn't have thought it was possible, just like Anne Marie that just called up and said she didn't think it was possible for what she went through. And we just have to walk. We have to have a lot of trust and faith in
0: this. I, I I think that's, I, I don't have the words in front of me here, but I believe that's kind of the same message that Our Lady gave to the children, the three children at Fatima, that they were going to be suffering, not necessarily for anything they had done, but for the redemption of others. And that was, I, I know that was part of her message as far as praying, you know, pray the rosary for the reparation of sinners around the world to make atonement for the those who have, have done wrong or have lost their faith or just simply don't believe. And being able to offer that their sufferings, and two of those children died at a young age. Only one made it to old age. And, uh, you know, even just seeing in their lives the hmm. willingness to accept that. Um, and I don't know, sometimes I think it's easier for children to except the suffering you know the older we get the more we want to put off any sort of suffering the more we want that comfortable life you know what i mean father
2: yeah you know as your as your body gets older it gets less resilient <laughs> so you're just you, just you just have an undercurrent of like a little bit of a suffering so you're just like man i just i just want to avoid as much as possible but um you know those of us who are older right now you know let's just embrace whatever it is our lord wishes to give us you know life is short And if we knew, you know, Saint, um, uh, boy, she's a saint in Peru. I'm trying to, Saint Rose of Lima. And she, you know, she just said in her letters, boy, if if people knew how much grace entered the world through suffering, they would run after them rather than run away from them. And now we want to be prudent. And so I, I think it's enough for us just to be like Job. Just say, you know, Heavenly Father, I will accept joyfully and with patience whatever suffering you bring into my life, you know. But I'll let you choose it, you know, rather than myself, because you know you're wiser and better, and your yoke is easy, and your burden light.
0: Well, let's let's talk about how we can develop that joyful attitude. Uh, coming up next, we need to take one more quick break here. But talking with Father Eric Nielsen today here on the Inner Life about suffering that we face in our lives. We're, we all have those moments of suffering sometimes. It's something that might continue on for the rest of our life. Sometime it might be only a season. But when have you been able to offer those sufferings to Christ? And have you been able to see the fruit of uniting your sufferings to Christ? Maybe you are still going through that suffering right now, and you're looking for a little bit of encouragement and some insight as to how you can have that joyful that uh that 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 positive attitude knowing that god is using this for some good even if you don't see it right now that god will bring about good through it our phone number here 888-914-9149 914 9149 and we'll be back right after this here on relevant radio and the relevant radio app <laughs> And the Relevant Radio app I'm Josh Raymond Our spiritual director for the hour Father Eric Nielsen A regular voice here on The Inner Life He's a priest in the Diocese of Madison, Wisconsin Also inviting you to call in As we talk about suffering today Here on The Inner Life 888-914-9149 888-914-9149 Our email address is InnerLife at RelevantRadio.com Father, let's go back to the phones We've got Maria who is calling in from Atwater, California Hi Maria, you're on the air
3: Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call, Father. I just wanted to share my story. Um, it's going to be five years that I have cancer, and I just want to say that I believe God allows us to suffer so we can cleanse our soul and join Him in heaven. And, um, you know, it's human nature to be weak, and I had a moment of weakness when I was enduring my cancer, but then I was like, where's my faith? You know, I would much rather join God and carry my cross uh, happily um, and allow my soul to be cleansed so that I can be with him in heaven, hopefully.
2: You said you almost lost your Uh, faith when you had.
3: um, No, I said it's human nature to kind of, you know, question your faith and and wonder why are we suffering? Right. Why do I Mm -hmm. have cancer? You know, that and then as quickly as I thought that I said calm down where's your faith you know Hmm. I would happily carry my cross with you to cleanse my soul and I know you love me dearly and that is why you're allowing me to suffer because to redeem my my sins and cleanse my soul
2: That's, that's the perfect response I would say Maria how's your cancer doing now is it all gone
3: um, it's going to be five years in February that um, I will be in, like, it sh- it's gone. They caught it early, by the grace of God.
2: Oh, so but. it's in remission. Praise God. All right. Well, thank you for your call, Maria.
0: Yeah, beautiful story. Thank yeah. you so much. Glad to have you on the show here, Maria. Um, Father, as she's talking about, you know, recognizing that the suffering can help her, you know, individually there— can we also, if if we know that we are in a state of grace, you know, we we go to confession regularly, we um, receive Christ in the Eucharist regularly, can we then take those sufferings and offer them for a specific loved one? I mentioned, you know, a grandparent who might be praying for a grandchild or a, a child, you know, that's away from the faith. Um, is that okay to be, I guess, kind of selfish with those intentions of our sufferings, or should we just unite them to Christ and allow Him to then take those, you know, for whoever might need them the most, even if it's someone we've never met?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't—yeah, I mean, it's, you got a good point there, Josh. You know, it might be—I I don't know how selfish it is offered up for another person, but I, I guess I would like to use the word particular because, you know, if you wake up in the middle of the night in and, and a lot of pain— Right. And, and you're sitting there in that pain and you're just going to offer it up to our Lord just in a general way. Um, that probably helps you. But if you've got an Aunt Cece who's dying of cancer and you want to, you know, just really, you know, lift it up for her because, you know, her are love her. Well, sometimes that particular person on your mind gives you, you know, a greater feeling of, of motivation to uh, to do that. And so I think um, I, I think the more particular to tell you the truth, the better. But we can always do it in a particular way through the hands of our blessed Mother, just with the kind of the tacit approval that if she's got a a better use of our suffering, that Mary, you 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 can you can use it. But uh, you know, I am offering up for my aunt Susie. Yeah,
0: uh, it also might be good to talk about here too because we've been addressing the suffering that we go through, but. I don't think we should be seeking out suffering. You know, if God wants to give us suffering, we can accept it. We can accept it with a grateful attitude for all the blessings that God has given us, and knowing that He wants to work something out of it. But I'm thinking of Jesus, where He prays in the Garden of Gethsemane, and He says, "You know, Father, if if this cup can pass, please let it. But not my will be, you know, not my will, but Your will be done." And so there's, we have Jesus, his example of saying, I'd rather not go through the suffering if I don't need to. Um, There shouldn't be, I guess, kind of a morbid uh, desire to want to seek out suffering in our lives, but have that attitude of, if you bring it, God, I accept what you give me.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, we can definitely have a morbid um, desire for suffering that needs to be healed. Sometimes it can be a, a certain twisted self-hatred. Um, and But at the same time, you know, we do seek out suffering. You know, we, we, we fast on Fridays, we take cold showers, we, you know, the saints have slept on boards and things like that. And it's just understood that we should always, you know, seek a prudent spiritual director to help us with those things. And that you know, small sufferings are so much better than big sufferings. You know, when we choose big sufferings, they can be morbid. They tend to build up pride. Um, they come and they go. But, you know, those just those regular small little sufferings, like um, not having co- cream in my coffee every other day or something like that. Right. And, or not well, using my pillow and on, you're
0: kind of talking more know? mortifications there rather than you know, sufferings that we would see in the same way as somebody who, you know, like Maria, who has cancer, or Anne-Marie, who was talking about losing her parents and and the sorrow and difficulty that she's going through there. Yeah, so the mortification as opposed to the suffering. Um, uh, Father, so let's talk about one of those uh, things that you mentioned that we face our sufferings with joy, and this is going back to that first verse I mentioned with redemptive suffering. You know where Saint Paul talks: "Now I rejoice in my suffering," and that seems so opposite of what I know I want to do. When I'm suffering, I just want to crawl up in a hole. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be around anybody. Um, I, I I just want to kind of go through and wallow in my own pity sometimes. And it's not necessarily natural to have that rejoicing attitude, but how do you think we can cultivate that? And kind of going back to those words of Job that we talked about at the beginning, blessed be the name of the Lord. What can we do here and now if we're not in that moment of suffering that can really prepare us so that we can have that attitude?
2: Well, I would say, first of all, is we should give up complaining. And um, St. Francis Oh, is that material, all? So, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I
2: mean, you're going you to have that intention. I'm going to stop right, complaining. Right. At least yeah. I'm going to stop complaining to 10 people about my problems, maybe just one. Um, the other thing, too, is we just want to um, give up completely any self-pity that we feel for ourselves. Self-pity just comes from the devil. And um, if you can just give up complaining and self-pity, you know, we, we, we're making some really good steps. And then on a more on a more positive end we want to really meditate on the cross of our Lord Jesus and say jesus you know I, I just want to be with you I want to have your heart and I want to suffer with you and once we can see you know I think john paul Pope, Pope John Paul the first you know he had a um, a pectoral cross with a corpus on it which is highly unusual and they said, well you know your holiness why do you have a a corpus on your pectoral cross. and said, because I cannot carry a cross without Jesus. And so if we deepen our prayer life and we just really see in our crosses Jesus Christ with us um, and as an encounter with Jesus, and if we start to encounter Jesus in those crosses, the sweetness of Christ, then will allow us to carry those crosses with greater joy. Mm.
0: Father, we're down to just a couple minutes, but let's do one more phone call. Margaret calling in from California. Margaret, welcome to The Inner Life. You're on the air.
3: Thank you. I'd like to ask, Father, how do you distinguish between spiritual warfare and redemptive suffering?
2: Well, I would say, again, you know, spiritual warfare is a type of redemptive suffering. You know, suffering comes in all shapes and sizes. You know, for some suffering is this plain physical suffering, which is easily recognizable. Sometimes the suffering that people have to undergo is, is just really severe temptations that just disgust them or some other type of spiritual warfare. And, you know, in all of those, we can ask God to relieve them from us. Right. And to, to lift it. But, you know, St. Paul you know, was given an angel of Satan to beat him, which is definitely spiritual warfare. And our Lord looked him and said, "You know, my grace is sufficient for thee." and so Paul rejoiced in the spiritual warfare he was undergoing because he he knew it was bringing about you know a great a greater redemptive value to his work and um so anyway, I hope that answers your question.
0: Yeah, good question, Margaret. Thanks for calling in. Father, um, as we do wrap up the hour here, any recommended uh, saints that you might suggest for further learning about redemptive suffering? Any other you know books or resources you might recommend?
2: Oh, wow. You know, I haven't come across any books recently I can think about, a Redemptive Suffering. But St. Rosa Lima, obviously she suffered tremendously. Saint Bernadette, um, st. Bernadette, even the the little flower, St. Teresa was a woman who just, you know, knew how to suffer. She loved to suffer. I shouldn't say she loved to suffer, but she was so pure in that, that when she, she never complained to anybody, she wouldn't even complain to Jesus. She said, why do I want to tell Jesus all my complaints? I want to make him happy. (laughs) You know, there, there's a woman that knew how to, how to suffer in in, in silence. Um, So, Yeah, I I again
0: might even recommend reading about the children of Fatima, too, you know, that that apparition of Our Lady there in Portugal. Uh, Father, we're down to just our last minute here. Before we do wrap up the hour, though, as always, can I uh, ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners?
2: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we ask in your great mercy that you would send the gift of love into our hearts, so that whatever we encounter today, whether good or bad, we may give thanks you and be able to use this for the redemption of our souls and the souls of all we love and we ask this through christ our lord
0: Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Father Eric. Always enjoy talking with you. Look forward to speaking with you again soon. And I want to encourage you to stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next. You'll be able to hear that reading from Job that we started this hour with. And, of course, The Faith Explained with Kale Clark coming up after that. Thank you to Nick Sentovich and Thomas N. our producers here on The Inner Life today. And if you joined us late, if you'd like to go back and hear the entire hour, I say it almost every day, you can find that podcast at our website, RelevantRadio.com or you can find it on the Relevant Radio app. Hope you have a blessed rest of your day. We'll talk with you tomorrow here on The Inner Life.